Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport news and sometimes interviews. This is episode 63, recorded August 13th, 2021. That's right, Friday the 13th. I'm your host, Charles Current. In today's episode, the Lockie Awards logo contest winner, Super Heist's TV series, Jonathan's Made Perfect Studio Raffle, a new Discord for key impressioning, new products, yet another new black belt, challenge lock etiquette and tracking, a crazy locksmith story, bears can't pick locks, lock-picking criminals, sales giveaways, and more. You can subscribe to the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. If you don't already have one, you can find an app at newpodcastapps.com. You can subscribe to the video version on YouTube or Odyssey. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. YouTube and some apps limit the length of show notes and links, but you can always find full show notes with all the links at thelocksportscast.com. You can also find clips of important stories on our YouTube Clips channel. First up in announcements, I've decided on a winner for the Lucky Awards Art Contest. The winner is Sek Philomath. He sent me in a hand-drawn design that just grabbed my attention the moment I saw it. It took me a while to figure out if I was going to be able to convert it into a usable computer format, but I was able to convert it into a digital format that will work for now. Hopefully later I can refine it a little more, but I, I really liked the design. The hardest part was that he has a pick and tension wrench in there that are curved, and that took me a while to figure out how to do, but we've got it, and you will hopefully be able to see that up on the the LockieAwards.com when I figure out how to create the banner and stuff like that using this artwork. So thank you very much to Sec Philomath. I will get your pack lock sent out to you and your gift code for hooligankeys.com will be sent to you and I will get uh, you listed as a sponsor on the show as promised as soon as I figure out how to get this thing up as the banner. And first up in the news last week, Terrell sent in a tweet by Squelchtone that said, new series Super Heists. I hear some bank vault lock stuff will be covered and it's at the time he tweeted this it was airing tomorrow at 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, B and E A to Z replied, said, I spied Dave Labarge. He is always a safe tech worth listening to. Sadly, my experience is that producers always make you say silly things and use stuff out of context for dramatic effect. Still, I have high hopes. I went and looked up the series from the link he provided, and I thought I would just read the description to you real quick here. I won't be watching this because I don't watch TV, but in case any of you are interested, This is the description. Super Heist cracks open the case files of master thieves examining their crimes from two distinct yet parallel points of view, the masterminds themselves and the investigators who doggedly pursued them. Whether it's the huge bankrolls that fund these heists or the thieves' mad dash to stash their loot, investigators know that the best way to solve the case is to follow the money. So anyway, if you do watch TV, it looks like it's on CNBC. And be sure to check it out. Let us know what you think. Also, last week I had noted that the Lock Pick Village videos from DEFCON 29 were up on YouTube and Twitch. And apparently I missed that the Lock Bypass videos 
were also available. So the Lock Bypass Village videos are on Twitch. They are on a different channel. It's called Bypass Village, and I will have a link in the show notes. And then a couple of people sent in to me this here, Jonathan's Made Perfect Studio Raffle. I'm just going to read the description of this raffle because I think that's the best way to give you an idea what it's all about says, do you want to join me in making a difference? I'm raising money in aid of Cancer Research UK and every donation will help. My name is Jonathan Holdsworth and I run a small home studio in Settle, North Yorkshire. I am holding a charity raffle in September and entry is just one pound prize list below. So his prize, his main prize is an epoxy river board. This will be a solid piece of live edge walnut with a colored epoxy river with transparent top. Cast inside will be lockpicks, pin, springs, challenge coins, and tension tools from our favorite manufacturers. I recently built a similar item for Lock Noob. Below are some pictures of this to give you an idea of what you can win. The raffle will draw around September. It says to follow his pages on Facebook and Instagram for updates. It says search for Made Perfect Studio. And he says, to give everyone a chance, any additional donations over one pound will not count as additional entries, but know that you are helping a great cause with your donations. The prize list he has listed so far, first place is the Epoxy Riverboard, plus a 29-piece pick set, one Southord jackknife, five skeleton keys, ten tension tools, one decoder set with case, one 3D printed pinning tray, one steel pinning tray, one sparrow scepter and cylinder, two locks, one Velcro case from La Lock Tools. Second place is 15-piece pick set, three skeleton keys, three tension tools, one decoder set in case, one 3D printed pinning tray, one Velcro case from La Lock Tools. And third place is eight-piece pick set, three tension tools, one 3D printed pinning tray. Charity he's raising money for is Cancer Research UK. It is the world's leading charity dedicated to research on the causes treatment and prevention of cancer thanks to research more people are surviving cancer than ever before he says so i will have a link in the show notes it looks like his original goal was 500 pounds they've already passed that so he has raised the goal to 1000 pounds and the draw will still be set for september according to his latest update in one of the Facebook Locksport groups, it was pointed out that Bosnian Bill's Lock Lab site is still available on the Wayback Machine, or at least most parts of it. So if you go over to the Wayback Machine at archive.org, you can find that site there and go through the history in case you are looking for any information that you used to find there that you can't find anymore. Go check it out there. On the community front here, some good news. Starry Lock's YouTube channel has been fully restored with its previous subscribers. So thank you to everyone that helped out. Looks like it just took a while, but they did get everything back up and running. So good to have Starry Lock back to his full subscriber count, and he can start doing all of the wonderful things he was doing before. And we have a new Discord server for key impressioning. It's called Impressive Markings Discord. It was created by Rubber Band, who is an excellent impressioner. And it was specifically created for the purposes of discussing key impressioning. It is not a general lock sport, lock picking discord, but if you are into impressioning, it's a good place to go to discuss the different aspects of key impressioning and any problems you're having to get some advice. So I recommend you head over and check that out if that's something you are into. 
And for videos I enjoyed this week, we have just the one right now. Didn't have a lot of time this week to watch videos, but Mr. Blackmagic put out another one of his wonderful lock cam videos. This one on the Zeiss Icon Click. The video title is his number 51, Zeiss Icon Verso Click M. 2x6 curved tapered sliders, picked, gutted, and explained, plus lock cam. This is a very cool design, dual sidebar slider design. You really need to see his video to understand how this thing works, so I recommend you go watch it. For meetups this week, we have Lock Camp still. They are selling tickets. The Lock Camp goes off November 12th through the 14th. Ticket cost is $100, and it takes place at Lockhart State Park in Lockhart, Texas. Link will be in the show notes if you're interested in attending. Four new products this week. First up, Deviant Olaf put up a new video called a Field Expedient Pack-A-Punch. So he's come up with a 3D printed solution to help you use a leashy key cutting tool like the old Pack-A-Punch in a way, since the Pack-A-Punch is not currently available. The 3D printed solution was developed with the help of 3DLockSport.com. So this is a community developed solution. It's an interesting setup that allow that comes with a piece to mark off your cut spacing on the blank and then some slide-on tips to go on your leashy cutter for the specific depths you're trying to cut. Pretty simple and ingenious solution. Not the fastest in the world, but very portable. So if that's something you're interested in, go check it out. It doesn't look like it's available yet, but it will be at retteamtools.com when it is. And Lockpicking Dev put up a tweet this week, said, RWB Custom Picks Distatainer Pick. This thing is really nice. I'm excited to use the round body tension adapter. I already feel it will be preferable to the normal tension bars. I'm new to DD picking as well. And then the question was asked, what is RWB Custom Picks? And he said, name of the picker's custom pick store and provided a link to their Instagram, which is RWB Custom Picks on Instagram. I will have a link in the show notes as well. And on a post on that Instagram, he said, so the version 2 disc detainer pick is now available to buy CNC machined 303 stainless steel plus 40 millimeter aluminum tension ring, deeper tension nose and larger rear body for extra control, can be used with handles or ring depending on preference. Strictly limited numbers again, DM for price and delivery. I really like the look of that round body tension ring. Seems like to me that it would be much easier to maintain the pick parallel to the keyway with a little more to hold on to than those little round handles. But that's just me. I'm not an experienced distatainer picker. <laughs> I've only picked the ab boy so far. For Lockpickers United belts, not too much going on this week. We've got one red belt and one black belt announcement. The red belt is, ironically, this is his actual handle, Red Wanderer. Just earned red belt. So congratulations, Red Wanderer. You now match your name. So the question is, are we going to have to change your name when you earn black belt? Congratulations to you. Very well done. And we have yet another black belt announcement. At Current has entered the dojo and joins us as our latest black belt. He picked an Abloy Classic with a tool he made himself and published specifications on. He also picked the Sergeant Kiso and took on key impressioning. You may also know him from his very popular podcast. If not, you need to ping him and ask him about it. So anybody not familiar with the 
Lockpickers United belt system. There are links in the show notes to the official page as well as some videos that explain the system. And at the last minute before recording this, I noticed a post on the speedlocks.org Discord with some new records. So since they're already well formatted for my show notes, I just pulled them in here to get them before I recorded. The new records are Master Lock 141 by Halzen in 0.266 seconds, Master Lock 150 by Cypher Bob in 10.64 seconds. We have several new first records set. The first is on the Dom IX 6SR by Reinder in 28.681 seconds. The Berg Wachner Gamma 700 by Kilted Lockpicker in 12.156 seconds. And then I'm not sure how to pronounce half of these names, but we've got the Muel Picard VAK, it says in parentheses, by Mr. Black Magic in 1 minute 41.888 seconds. The Zeiss Icon SK6 Victor Profile Ripa Extra by Mr. Black Magic in 151.4. The Berg Wachner 400E30 Magno by Pandafrog in 9.209 seconds. Master Lock 575 by Halzen in 5.184 seconds. And the Nemeth NF2 by HV Logic in 119.846. And the multi lock 7x7 by HV Logic in 1 minute 22.082 seconds. Before we go on to the challenge lock information, I'd like to say thank you to the people that made this episode possible. And a special thanks to the newest patron, Dr. Hogmaster, who joined at the $25 a month level. Thank you very, very much. I really, really appreciate the support. So, with that, the producers for this episode include the Patreon subscribers. Those are Medler, Pandafrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starlock, Williams, Brain, Dave to be deciphered, Pat from Uncensored Tactical, PH Picker, Three Raccoons in a Coat, Sherelle, Patty Cakes, Dr. Hogmaster, Mog, John Locke, Rat Yoke, Mr. Picker, and Cranky Lock Picker. Thank you to all of you for supporting the show financially. And once again, our chief content producer for this episode is going to be Sherelle. A lot of information sent in this week, so thank you very much for that. Other content producers for this episode, Gravity Karma, iFisk, Joshua Gonzalez, Lock Kraken, Michael Gilchrist, Mr. Black Magic, Panda Frog, Pick and Rick, Pocket Woman, Rubber Band, Secfellameth, Starry Lock, Tony Varelli. Special thanks to Good Guy at B&E A to Z, Sir Paradise, Climb 69 Trees, and Holly. They didn't directly contribute to the show, but a lot of the information that I used came from them in some form or another. So thank you to everyone who provides information to this show. I really, really appreciate it. It's what makes this show possible for me. Remember, the show is only possible because of the support of the community. So if you're getting value out of the show, please help return the value in one of the following ways. The first is the most important, send in your news, links, events, contests, giveaway information, anything you have that's Locksport related that you think the rest of the community might benefit from knowing. Send it to the Locksportscast or send it to podcast at locksportscast.com or any of the other methods listed in the show notes. Other ways you can help, don't forget to share the podcast with your lock picking friends. If you're going to an in-person meetup, that's a good opportunity to share the show or you can share it online. You can leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. You can leave a comment, thumbs up on YouTube or Odyssey. You can subscribe to the podcast or the YouTube or Odyssey channel. 
You can also donate on PayPal or subscribe on Patreon if you want to help financially. Patrons do get a private RSS feed that will get you the audio version of the podcast a little early if that's something you're interested in. It's really the only benefit I provide. So for more information on how you can help, go to theoxsportscast.com slash support for all the different ways and all the different ways to contact me. In the state of the podcast, the People's Choice Podcast Awards, we didn't make the final cut. Not a big surprise to me. It's a pretty small show. But I want to thank everyone who took the time to go over there and register and vote. And I especially want to thank everyone who gave me feedback on how the process went. I'm going to try to make the Lockie Awards a fairly smooth process this year. No guarantees. It's only the second year and it's the first year I'm running that whole part of the show on my own website. So no guarantees it will go very smooth. But I'm going to try, and I'm going to try and incorporate some of the feedback that I received. So thank you very, very much. If you would like to send me feedback, you can go to locksportscast.com slash contact. Feedback can be kept confidential if you want, or I can share it on the show. Your choice. You're welcome to submit a note, video, or audio recording if you want it shared on the show. Just remember to keep it reasonable length, polite, work and family safe, not political, and not just community drama. Also. I am looking for stories from Black Belt Pickers that detail the journey from white to black. Your journey into starting Locksport and getting a black belt. Special emphasis on what troubles you had, what things might have been easy, what things held you up, any way the community helped support you and kind of spur you on, providing you help or resources would be great. I just kind of want to share some of those stories on episodes coming up. So if you have one, send it in to me. You can either email it to podcast at locksportscast.com or any of the other methods listed in the show notes or at the locksportscast.com slash contact. I would really, really appreciate it. Moving on to challenge locks. There was a post put up on Reddit called challenge lock etiquette. I just wanted to kind of go over that here as well as a video that was put out in reference to this by Sir Paradise, the post was put up by Climb69Trees, and it says, Here's what I have so far. It's pretty raw and rough, but I am just gathering info right now. So, challenge lock etiquette. Always be courteous and gracious. Treat each other well. Must be pickable. Must include a working key. Include any unusual tools that may be required. We have shims and hex keys, but Anything custom made for the lock should be included. State size needed so we don't have to search. If you do trap pins and you can't back out, there needs to be instructions included and preferably grub screws so you can gut only the offending chamber. It should also be disclosed when sharing the lock that it contains them. Sometimes you need to include detailed instructions. Things like please gut if you're proud of your pins or something like Do not gut if it's a nightmare inside. If you get a box set, do not separate. They are to be experienced together. A challenge lock once set out is considered community property unless specifically gifted to an individual or otherwise noted by the maker. If you break any part of lock trying to pick or gut it, let the designer know. Work with them to repair it if possible or work out a modification that makes it a challenge lock again. Best Practices These aren't required, but they're recommended to provide the best experience for both maker and picker. Pick the lock you made. Is it a challenge, or is it a basic lock with fancy pins? 
Make an effort to understand how your mods work and interact. Just throwing a bunch of random mods into a lock doesn't magically make it challenging. Often quite the contrary. Test the mods extensively. Do multiple times all the things to it that others will do, and don't be gentle. Letting the person know general felt level difficulty is nice, as well as telling them if it needs to be shimmed is also important. Not sure if it's on the list, but it's always nice if the key is hidden, i.e. separately packaged so that you can do a blind pick without knowing the key by choice. And Climb69Tree says that they're going to make this nice. Most right now is copy and paste, but please add your thoughts and comments. And then there was some extra comments that were put in by a few other people, adding a few things, wanting to tweak the wording a little bit. One such comment said, Don't intentionally damage or destroy a challenge lock unless it's yours. Don't modify a challenge lock unless it's okayed by the creator. And challenge locks are for swapping, not collecting. And like I said, Mr. Paradise on YouTube, also known as Sir Paradise or Pickin' in Paradise, put out a video referencing this and adding a few of his thoughts on what he liked and didn't like on that. A lot of these are good points, but will surely not be agreed upon by all. But what I'm hoping is that maybe we can start a dialogue about what a good set of guidelines should be. And remember, these are guidelines. They're not hard, fast rules. Of course, people are going to do their own thing no matter what. Maybe, you know, one of the things we could come up with is a way of classifying or marking challenge locks that are extreme. So you would have basic challenge locks, and then if they violate these rules, if they go really extreme with trying to keep people out, and be unpickable, they should be marked as extreme or or something like that, especially if they have traps or really excessive max violations or stuff like that. It might be good to have a way to mark them. Anyway, those are my thoughts. I'm not going to go real deep into going over each one of these one by one. My goal here is to open up a dialogue. I would like people to maybe go to the Reddit or go to uh, Mr. Paradise's video, leave some comments on your thoughts, and if they're willing, Climb 69 Trees could help collate all of this and get it into a final form, since they're already starting that process. And while time this week, I also received a note about Challenge Lock stuff by a member of the community called Pick and Rick. said, I don't know if you're a member of any of the UK Locksport Facebook groups, but I've noticed a growing subject being spoken about recently that may be of interest to perhaps open a discussion on your podcast. There's been a growing number of challenge locks that have been disappearing off of the map, and some makers have been talking about selling CLs instead of passing through the community for free, or coming up with ideas that may help keep tabs on them, such as a website or paying deposits to the creator. I was just wondering if this was maybe something that could be worth discussing with the community at large to try and find a solution that would be best for the hobby, whilst keeping the spirit of challenge locks intact. It just seems to be rapidly growing debate recently, and I wonder whether we as a community can come together and come up with the best solution. And one thing I immediately pointed out is we do have a tracking website. Um, I know not everybody is aware of it, but challenge-locks.com, which was also the site that everybody had to go to to register for voting on the Locky Awards last year, is specifically set up for tracking challenge locks. And I I have to confess that I am guilty myself. I still have a few challenge locks in the drawer here that I have not sent on. So with that, I'm going to make the commitment to start sending those on. So as I send out my 
pack lock a month giveaway winners. I will package in with them a few challenge locks to anyone that's interested in, in having them. So I will probably ask you when I go to get your address for the pack lock a month winnings whether you would like some of the challenge locks. It's not too many. It's only a few. Luckily, I, I worked through most of the ones I had and sent them on, but I do have a few left that I need to get back out into the community. And I appreciate Pick and Rick sending that in because it also reminded me that I need to get on that. And for our strange locksmith story this week, this is actually a news article that points out a locksmith that was tricked into helping somebody commit an illegal activity. So the article was titled, Man Gets Jail for Breaking into Ex-Girlfriend's House Nine Times to Steal Cash and Jewelry. This is out of Singapore. It says, after meeting a woman on the dating platform Tinder, a man secretly duplicated her keys and later used them to break into her house and steal $40,000 worth of cash and jewelry. When the woman, who is now his ex-girlfriend, changed her locks, the man forged a police report and tricked a locksmith into opening the door for him. The suspect pled guilty to one count each of housebreaking to commit theft and forgery with another two charges taken into consideration. The court heard that he met the victim, now 23, in 2015 on Tinder. They dated for a few years and he moved into the victim's home in 2018. The victim gave him a set of keys to her unit, but he secretly duplicated a set also without telling her. In September 2018, when the couple broke up, he returned the victim her set of keys, but kept his duplicate set for himself. He began borrowing money since January 2020 from a licensed moneylender. He was unable to make his loan payments and began breaking into her home to steal cash and jewelry. He did so on nine occasions between February 2020 and January 2021, stealing $12,500 in cash and multiple pieces of jewelry that he pawned off for a total of $27,746. In total, he stole $40,246 worth of items from his ex-girlfriend. In March of 2021, he suspected that his ex-girlfriend may have changed the locks to her unit. He took a screenshot of a police report and used editing software to change his address, reflecting his ex-girlfriend's address instead. He went to the victim's unit on March 18, 2021, saw that the locks had been changed. He then contacted a locksmith, showed him the forged police report to prove he stayed there, and deceived the locksmith into dismantling the padlock on the gate. He also got the locksmith to pick the lock on the door before paying him. The victim called police from her office, saying her neighbor had filmed him getting a locksmith to open her door, and he was arrested by the police. So the good lesson there is that it is easy to edit a digital copy or a digital photo of a copy of a report. The locksmith at least had some documentation before he went in, but ultimately it was aiding a criminal act. And for the strange lock story this week, we have Bear opens eight car doors in Colorado town in one night. The Colorado Parks and Wildlife Department warned that bears will rummage through cars even if there's no food inside. Bears can't pick locks. But the CPW wrote that wildlife officer Ryan Lands observed eight vehicles overnight that a bear got into. All eight vehicles were unlocked. While not all of the vehicles had food or attractants, some bears go from car to car just to see if they're unlocked, then hope to find food inside. 
In a follow-up post, they added, make it a routine to check all of your windows and doors for both your vehicle and home. This is for your safety and for the lives of these amazing and resourceful creatures. The department also clarified that this can happen anywhere in bear country. So if you live in bear country, make sure to lock your car doors. Even if you live somewhere where you don't worry about somebody coming up and stealing stuff out of your vehicle, it may be something that comes up and steals stuff out of your vehicle. So lock your door. In lockpicking criminal news, we'll start with man arrested after stealing golf cart from Spend-A-Day. A Springfield man was arrested on a felony charge Monday evening around 7. The Logan County Sheriff's Office reports that on Sunday, August 1st, Spend-A-Day Marina reported a golf cart stolen and shared surveillance footage showing a male stealing the cart. Spend-A-Day Marina staff contacted the Russells Point Police Department Monday, stating they observed the possible suspect on foot on State Route 708. Deputies located the suspect, matching the description. He resisted arrest and attempted to run. Eventually, he told officers he was done fighting and was placed into handcuffs. He admitted to taking the golf cart early Monday morning around 12.30. He told authorities he was walking, saw the golf cart, then made a bad decision. He also said the golf cart did not have a key, but when he pushed the gas, it worked. He told deputies he stored the golf cart in his sister's shed after removing the spend-a-day stickers from the sides. He also admitted that he tried to sell the golf cart, but changed his mind after receiving no response. Deputies searched his backpack that contained criminal tools, including a headlamp, two lockpick sets, pry bars, crowbars, bolt cutters, socket set, poncho, two-way radios, computer hard drives, flash drives, notebooks, chargers, handwritten checks from several years ago, and other miscellaneous items of suspicion, they say. Authorities recovered the golf cart at his sister's house in Orchard Island. The suspect also admitted to breaking into storage units in Lakeview 30 days prior and consented to a search of hard drives and flash drives found in his backpack. He was lodged in Logan County Jail under one account of felony theft of auto vehicle. Charges of breaking and entering and possession of criminal tools are being forwarded to the Logan County Prosecutor's Office for review. The next story is a good lesson on how not to crack a vault. Out of Columbus, Ohio, a self-described master thief, career criminal Sean Murphy, spent a decade in jail awaiting trial for a 2008 Massachusetts burglary during which he stole several New York Giants Super Bowl rings, along with jewels and precious metals. The 2008 break-in at E.A. Dion Co. in Attleboro, Massachusetts, attracted attention beyond the theft of Super Bowl rings and the approximately $2.5 million in other goods taken. Murphy and his accomplices' trademark garb of all-black outfits and their access through the roof earned them media mentions as Ocean's Eleven-style burglars after the 2001 heist movie. Murphy was in authorities' crosshairs long before that burglary, however. A member of what investigators termed the Lynn Breakers, a burglary ring in his hometown of Lynn, Massachusetts, he was prosecuted and pursued for burglaries big and small over the years. According to Alan Zanny, a retired Massachusetts state police investigator, Murphy was king of the hill when it came to commercial burglaries. Murphy's many jobs included a break-in at Berkshire Armored Car Facility in Massachusetts in 1991 and a Costco warehouse in Pennsylvania in 2004. He was also implicated in the theft of 1.8 million prescription drug pills from 
America Source Bergen Warehouse in 2006. More than once, Murphy also offered his expertise as a security consultant to companies he targeted, including a 2006 letter to Costco, an offer the company declined. Murphy's January 2009 burglary of a Brinks warehouse on the north side of Columbus could have been his biggest score ever and one of the biggest robberies in U.S. history. At the time, the facility regularly held millions of dollars for transfer to banks, even more during the holiday season. Murphy studied the facility for months, sending an accomplice to track employees' comings and goings, and even visiting himself to hand out water bottles and cigarettes at a nearby homeless shelter in hopes of providing DNA evidence that would lead authorities away from him and his gang. The scheme almost worked. Murphy and two others successfully entered the warehouse by cutting a hole in the roof and foiled the security system by setting up a cellular jammer that blocked backup calls from the alarm system after its wires were cut. But the burglary collapsed when Murphy accidentally set money in the vault on fire after he burned a hole through it with the thermal lance, a giant cutting tool whose oxygen-powered sparks can reach 5,000 degrees. Instead of what could have been more than $90 million, Murphy had to settle for a few million in burned bills and about $800,000 in coin. Authorities arrested Murphy a couple of weeks later on suspicion of carrying out the EA Dion case after a Super Bowl ring was found in his girlfriend's purse. Months later, he was identified as the chief suspect in the Brinks robbery. One of the key pieces against him at his 2011 trial in Columbus, a 37-page document he typed in jail in Massachusetts titled Master Thief, a tutorial on carrying out major burglaries that bore a great deal of resemblance to the Brinks break-in. Murphy represented himself, and while a jury convicted him and a judge sentenced him to 20 years in prison, he later appealed the sentence and was resentenced to 13 years. And after 10 years successfully expressing evidence in the EA Dion case, Murphy lost his final appeals last year and on December 5th pled guilty and was sentenced to two years in prison for that crime. And a retired Columbus FBI agent that led the investigation that ended with Murphy's arrest for the Brinks break-in and sat through Murphy's eight-day trial called Murphy one of the best commercial burglars around, whose downfall is he thinks he's smarter than everyone else. Murphy declined a plea deal that would have had him back on the streets by now, but he chose to spend all his time fighting to win, and in reality, he lost, the agent said. Moving on to sales, we have the same ones as last week, lawlocktools.co.uk, 20% off the Ridgeback set with the code Ridgeback20, 3dlocksport.com, 10% off with the code LSCAST10, Mako Locks, 15% off with the code BuyMako, UKLockPickers.co.uk, 10% off with the code GIFT. For giveaways, again, same as last week, real quick here, LockKraken, the August giveaway, hashtag KrakenAugust21, still going on, link in the show notes if you want to know all the rules. PandaFrog, also the hashtag PandaFrog21August giveaway, rules on his video, link in the show notes. CLK Supplies, hashtag LockBossGiveaway, link in the show notes to the rules for that giveaway. And LockSportsCast, my monthly Pack Lock Month giveaway, which I am behind on my drawings for. I apologize. Try to get one of those out real quick um, where you can win one of my Pack Lock 100As or a $20 gift code for hooligankeys.com. 
You can find details and rules in the show notes, the YouTube description, or at giveaway.thelocksportscast.com. Remember, this show needs your support, so any information you have that's Locksport-related, be sure to send it in. Even if you don't think it's important or you think it's too big or too small, I've already heard of it or haven't, send it in. Anyway, I will sort through it all. I really appreciate all the support of the community, and I want to thank every one of you for staying with me. And for all my new listeners, welcome. Really appreciate you stopping by to check it out. And remember to keep it legal. And the next story is a good lesson on the book. A self-described master thief, career criminal, Sean Murphy, spent a decade in jail awaiting trial for a 2008 Massachusetts... Along with jewels and precious metal... Just kind of proves they will give a black belt to anybody 